This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hi there, welcome along to this podcast. And boy, did we have a laugh in the studio on the night shift this week when we welcomed into our studios a certain Basil Fawlty. John Cleese, that's right, the actor John Cleese, the comedian, came along to talk about his one-man show happening later on this month at Dubai Opera. You're going to love this podcast just as much as I loved meeting the man himself. And don't forget, do join us each and every weeknight, 8 through 10 on the night shift, here on Dubai Eye 103.8. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. Yes, indeed, and welcome back to the show. And we are absolutely honoured with uh, our next guest who's joining us on the night shift tonight uh, the one and only Mr John Cleese who's such a gentleman to come into our studios why are you accusing me of being a gentleman <laughs> I'm sure well I, I, I've heard uh, you know to the contrary but uh, yeah um, you're in town of course for a one man show uh, yes. coming up at Dubai Opera and I've got to ask you about the title because you know I've been chatting around the office and you look fit and fine to me and I think there's many many more years in you but it's called an evening with the late John Cleese. Tell That's me. Right. Well, I had a, a tour a few years ago in Canada, and uh, somebody suggested we should call it uh, Last Time to See Me Before I Die. <laughs> and then I went back a few years later, and people said they were very disappointed I was still alive. <laughs> So uh, well, we I thought aren't. I'd better, better, better die. So actually, I died nearly two weeks ago. Oh, right. right. Okay. okay. So this but... will the f- be the first show I've do- uh, that I've done since I was dead. Right. Okay. Um, well, we look forward to that. Uh, a very spiritual evening, I'm guessing. So tell me what, what the content of the show well, is Well, I don't know yet, Mark, because I always choose the content to uh, suit the audience. Yeah. I mean, people start making speeches uh, without thinking this, but if you've ever got to address a group of people, the first thing you do is you think, well, what sort of people are What age are they? Yeah. Uh, well, do they speak English? Um, are they conservative or, or, or progressive or whatever the word is? Because you have to take that into account before you can figure out what material to use. And I've okay. been doing uh, stage shows now for about 15 years, a lot of them with my daughter. Yeah. And so I've got so much material that, when the um, stage manager runs the whole show for me at Rise, Andy Kurd, who's a lovely young guy, he's only uh, early 30s, we've been working together for 10 years, I should say to him, now, what did I do last time? As we were right, we won't do that. Yeah, yeah. Now, is the audience going to like the stuff about hotels? Because some audiences stay in hotels and know what happens and they love that routine. Mm-hmm. But if you do it to a younger audience, then they don't stay in hotels. So it's a little bit mysterious. To them. <laughs> okay. So you tailor the material to the audience you're going to entertain. But uh, it'll be silly and naughty. As and one would expect. As one would expect. <laughs> I don't like to be too well behaved, even at my age. I want to ask, you know, when you realised that comedy was your thing and that, that this was going to be your career, I mean, was it at school? Were you the funny guy in school? Or, or did it come later on, perhaps, with writing? I think it came about four years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> I tried, You've I been trying actually, to make people well, laugh all the time. Oh, well, yes, I have, but I've been doing that to make money, and I've done other things. For example... I wrote uh, or helped a very distinguished psychiatrist to write two books on psychology, yeah. which I did really to give myself an education in psychology. Now, no other comedian has done anything as stupid as that. No, no. And <clears throat> I had a company for nearly 10 years. 
uh, a company for nearly 20 years that taught management and sales and customer relations skills. Well, that's another sort of thing a com- uh, comedian Comic do. does, no. But I'm not just a comedian. I've got other interests, and that's true of all comedians, you know. But people sort of try and put you in a single box, and they're yeah. surprised if you those, those sales videos, I've actually been to one. I, I used to work in a music shop selling pianos. Oh, did you? And they took us off to a, a weekend retreat, and the, all the videos were you teaching people how not to sell yeah, and well, how to sell. Really Hilarious. interesting, you know. If you sit down with somebody who really knows how to sell, and they tell you this is how you sell, then when you get with a salesman, and you think, oh, is this guy any good, or is this girl any good? Yeah, I mean, when you look back on your on your career, John, uh, what, what are some of the the real standouts? I mean, I'm reading you've been in in James Bond movies, in Harry Potter yes. movies, and of course, all your amazing Monty Python and Faulty Towers stuff. What what are you most proud of? Uh, proud? Well, I don't know, really. I think Faulty Towers was very, very good, and I, I thought Connie and I wrote a really good series. Now, when I watch it now, I'm always surprised how good the acting is. Yeah. Because at that point in, in, in British history, we had the most extraordinary array of great comedy actors, and it yeah. didn't seem to matter who we invited in for that week. They were always absolutely top class, especially Bernard Cribbins. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, I always love the scene with the lady looking out of the window and she's unhappy oh, with she, the view. Yeah, Joan Sanderson. She's such a darling. Actually, she played my wife in a Muppet movie, too, so we knew each other. <laughs> really? Right? Yeah. But uh, I think making Fish Called Wanda was a very, very happy experience. I adored being in the Bond films, although yeah. I was in two Bond films, which meant I did four, fil- four days filming of Bond over four years. And yet that's really where I'm known for. If I go to the Caribbean, and they've no, never heard of no. Monty Python. Or who was the Who was the Bond that, that uh, uh, pl- Pierce it was Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan? Yeah, and I liked him so much, and he was such a great guy to work with because totally professional, but very relaxed and nice because you know yeah. the best people are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so your one man show um, is going to be happening on March eighteenth at, at, at Dubai Opera, but I believe you're also doing some creative creative talks. While well, I you're here. Uh, you see, I did a very standard English education. Uh, You know, I was good at maths and Latin because they were logical and I could learn rules. I was hopeless at history and religion and French and all of those. But ever so slowly, I began to discover I was creative. So I started studying it and then... 60 years later, I wrote a book about it. Who were some of your influences? Because um, I've, I've been reading The Goon Show was a big influence oh, on you, huge. which was legendary, wasn't it, on radio? Oh, everybody. And all the Pythons were crazy about The Goons. And I uh, wrote three films for Peter Sellers, and I wrote sketches for Harry Seacombe, and I knew Spike Milligan a bit. They were my great heroes. Yeah. But then there were others. I mean, I'm a, a huge fan of Steve Martin. And he did oh, a right. movie called Roxanne. Uh, and uh, another one called Bowfinger, which I think are two of the very best films we've made the last few years because I don't think the comedies out there at the moment are very good. And I think it's largely because they're made for young males, young American males, because they go to the cinema on Friday night, which is what determines whether the film is going to be viewed as a hit or not. Yeah. You also worked with one of my favourite comedians growing up, and that was Les Dawson. Oh, I mean, oh, what, yeah. what an, an amazing comic. Well, if anybody wants to see a really funny sketch, go on Twitter. Go and watch my Twitter yesterday. There's a sketch of me and Des. I hadn't seen it for 140 years, <laughs> and it's really funny. Yeah. Um, what was he like to work with? Oh, well, he was lovely. He, made, he was very interesting, you see, because he came up, he was a 
northern working class, yeah. and he came up through the the clubs, which is yeah. a very hard way to earn a living. You know those oh, yeah. northern the working audience. men's clubs. Oh, they were tough. In fact, um, Les once said to me, he said, "If I wasn't doing television, I'd never go back to the clubs. It was too hard." Yeah. But somehow, I thought he was terrific. I remember he he used to do these routines. He said, "I want." <laughs> He said, I wanted a glass of water, so I went, I knocked on the door, I see, and the woman answered it. She had a face like a bag of chisels. I said, <laughs> do you think the man next door would give me a cup of, a cup of water? He used to do these very zany yeah. routines that were really um, anchored in North Country working yeah. class stuff. He was one of those guys, wasn't he, that, you know, was a funny man. You didn't have to say a word. And you would, no, and you would laugh was, a bit like Eric he Morecambe. He loved words. He yeah. loved words, and he played with them in a way. Oh, Eric Morecambe was a, was a genius. Yes. Yeah, and I, I always remember that that movie, The Plank. Which, oh yes. Which, were you in that? No, no you weren't. You weren't. No, but I an, an incredible. Of, yes, uh, um, Eric Sykes. Eric Sykes. Yes, and Jimmy and, Edwards. You see, we had a fantastic array of comedians from the fifties through to the nineties because you had all the guys who'd been in ENSA, you know, the entertainment yeah. um, section of the army, and they'd all the ones who'd worked at. Uh, at the clubs in, in, in England and the music hall, which produced some wonderful comedians like Frankie Howard. Yeah. Um, and then in the late 50s, early 60s, you suddenly had people like Peter Cook and yeah, Alan Moore. Bennett. Yeah. And there was a tremendous respect from the university guys for all the music hall people. We loved all this stuff. We lo all loved the goon show. So for about 40 years, we had this extraordinary amount of talent coming from every part of society, which uh, there was a variety you couldn't get now. And then the BBC spoiled it all by inventing things called commissioning editors. And it all <laughs> fell apart because it's a terrible idea. In my day, the people who were directing shows um, were people who'd worked on the floor as floor managers with Ronnie Barker and Ronnie Corbett for 10 years. So when they got yeah. to direct, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know why the idea of commissioning editors came along because it's a disastrous idea. Yeah. Tell me about working with your daughter. That must give you a lot of oh, satisfaction. Yeah. Well, eh? we started 16 years ago. I thought it would be fun if she came on a tour with me to New Zealand. Yeah. And then we had a little bit of fun and found we could write together. And the next thing I knew, she'd come up with a monologue based on the bizarre childhood she'd had. You know, being yeah. the, 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 daughter the daughter of a slightly <laughs> weird comic. And I remember the first time she went on stage in, in, in Invercargill in the south of New Zealand, where about half the audience were penguins. And she got every single laugh that she could have gotten. The very first time she'd ever been really? in front of an audience. And when she got to uh, Wellington, the, the best critic in New Zealand said, she won't be known as John Cleese's daughter much longer. He'll be known as Camilla Daughter's <laughs> Camilla father. Cleese's yeah. father. Yeah, yeah. That, that, it must make you so proud to, you know, yeah, to see a kind lovely. of following in your footsteps. Well, we just heard two days ago that a script we've written about uh, the lookalikes on Hollywood Boulevard. It's just been received with something approaching ecstasy by a couple of companies. So I may be going Great. there in the second half of the year Great. with her uh, to co-direct it. Yeah. Not to be in it. There were a few headlines quite recently about a possibility that you might bring back Faulty Towers in a, right. in a different kind of, you know, um, obviously a different era. But is that 
going to come to fruition, do you think? I think so, yes. I mean, the uh, Rob Reiner, who's uh, the top guy at Castle Rock, a big uh, studio. Um, Castle Rock Production Company is, a, a, I mean, Rob is the, absolutely the top. So if you look at his credits, I think he's probably comparable with Spielberg, except that he right. does humor and Spielberg doesn't. And he loves the idea. But, of course, it's nothing to do with the original. I mean, the only thing in common probably or certainly will be with Basil's in it, but nothing else is the same, yeah. which hasn't stopped several of the newspapers from saying it's going to be awful, actually <laughs> using the word bloody awful. But it's, I, it's a new form of criticism, which is criticizing something that hasn't actually been written yet and which you don't really yeah, know you don't anything know about. But, it's going but to be give like. it a bad review anyway. Yeah. That's the British press. And um, once again, here in Dubai, what have you been getting up to? We're leading up to your show, of course, on the 18th. What, what do you like to do in Dubai? Well, I, t- I spend a lot of time here working, but I, I can get more work done here than I would in London because I yeah. want to get up in the morning. Yeah, You see what I mean? So I've been doing, I'm doing a lot of writing for different things. I think I've got seven projects going at the moment. There's a stage show at Life of Brian. There's a musical of Wanda. There's this the one that Camilla and I have just written called Lookalikes, and we got two TV series. There's a lot going on and that means a lot of phone calls and a lot of those damned emails yeah right well an evening with the late john cleese so is <laughs> maybe it'll be late for the show perhaps but uh, i hope not it's going to be happening once again on the 18th at dubai opera make sure you get your tickets ass up as they're going to be flying out there and uh, creativity talks um you, you yeah mean, i'm doing uh, one at a, at a creativity conference in a few days it's a uh, an event i spoke at in Cannes in france about 10 years years ago but i'm fascinated by creativity because it's so important that kids understand it and nobody wants to teach it to them and uh, the astonishing thing for me is i wrote a very good little book you can read it in an hour and uh, the only people i can't get interested in it are educationalists and it completely uh, floors me i cannot understand it but anytime you can teach people how to have better ideas about how to do something you have to be ahead of the game. Yeah. John Cleese, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on our radio show. Nice to see Thank you, you so much for coming in. And, uh, great pleasure. You know, normally you would have to go to the hotel to catch a big star like you, but you came in and well, I really I'm appreciate it. a huge star. Let's face yeah, it. Huge, huge, enormous. Yes, I, the, I am a huge The ministry of star. silly wars. Well, you know. I'm an international... <laughs> Uh, Megastar, as far as I can remember. <laughs> John Cleese. And a national institution. I'm something else, too. You are. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm a legend. Uh, you That's are. Right. Legend, <laughs> legend, legend. John Cleese, thank you so much. We've got to get to the news, but thank you so much once again for coming along to the night shift. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.